I still do see concerns. I do see volatility on the horizon. Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. Despite Canada's inflation easing slightly in July, investors are not out of the woods yet. In today's episode, portfolio managers Chris Heeks, Matt Montemoro, and your host Mark Rays scrutinize the market's mini-rally. They also discuss the importance of asset allocation in fixed income investments, the rebalancing process, gold prices, and strategies for preserving capital come the fall. Before we hear from the team, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. Hello, and welcome to our BMO ETF weekly insight call with our team of experts. I'm today's host, Mark Reyes, head of product for BMO Global Asset Management. We're joined today by two of our PM, Matt Montemuro and Chris Heeks. Thanks to both of you for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having us, Mark. Let's get right into the questions and start with the ongoing one, which of course is inflation. What are markets now expecting? And what does that mean if you look ahead for equity markets as we experience this mini rally? Can you use ZSP and ZNQ, our S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 ETFs as examples? Do you view this as a short-term bounce or economic expectations now improving? Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I'll, uh, I'll start us off. Um, you know, I think that's a, it's a bit of a million-dollar question right now. You know, I can tell you, I went on vacation mid-July, and I recall when I left, all, all we heard was that fear of a recession. You know, came back two weeks later, and and it, it's certainly nice to see economic sentiment kind of pick up from the lows, and that seems to have abated. But you know, I think a lot of investors are asking themselves that same question: Is this a bear market rally? Is this the beginning of a recovery? I think it's still prudent to remain balanced, but let's just quickly survey where we are with inflation because that's obviously the main driver right now. US CPI came in last week at 8.5% versus a forecast of 8.7, so cooler than expected, which was great. Uh, the month over month was flat, uh, which is also a good metric. You're looking at commodity and energy prices cooling a little bit, and that's certainly helping. If you look at the next forecast, and their next release is going to be September 13th, and, and the market's expecting 8.3, somewhere around there right now. So the market is expecting further cooling in September. In terms of Canada, the CPI just came in yesterday, 7.6%. That was in line with expectations. Core was up a touch. Um, and their next release in Canada is going to be September 20th. And, you know, again, the market's looking for a slight cooling, maybe somewhere around 73 um, in terms of those economic expectations, I think Q2 earnings overall were pretty strong. But, you know, let's be honest, the market is still talking about, you know, risk of a recession. And putting those CPI and inflation numbers into context, you know, let's, let's acknowledge those numbers are pretty far off what the Fed's long-term target of kind of 2% inflation. So, 
We could talk all day, but long story short, there's a lot of ways to go. We're going to get some further insight with the Fed minutes, but there is more wood to chop in terms of inflation. And, you know, I do think that argues for, you know, cautious optimism over the long term. So the things we always stress in this type of market, you know, the importance of asset allocation, equity versus fixed income, and and that's going to talk, I think, a lot more on the fixed income side, but always starting there. You know, in terms of the equity bucket and how to kind of think and position it, you know, I think it still makes sense to have some defensive equities in there. But, you know, again, it makes sense to have some growth exposure as well. Um, so, you know, hopefully that answer doesn't come off as sounding too hedged. But, you know, when I think of growth exposure, you know, the two you mentioned, ZFP, the index, and ZNQ, the NASDAQ, those are great tools for growth exposure. And when you think about defensive equities, you know, right now we're, we're thinking a lot about low volatility and dividends. I think we're going to talk a little bit about low volatility later in the call, but a ZLU and a ZDY. One great pair that has tested very well, uh, performed well, is a combination of low vol and NASDAQ. So our most defensive equity with our most, most growth-oriented kind of U.S. equity. So ZLU and ZNQ pair very well, and they're very complementary. And so I think it's, you know, it's going to be risky to take a one-dimensional approach to markets with everything that's going on. I think you want to be balanced and have tools in your portfolio that can can benefit from, you know, kind of either outcome that's going to be coming down the pipe. So, you know, I like that combination. And, and to the same extent, I like, you know, the dividend with the ZSP, like a ZDY with a ZSP. Again, growth and defensiveness. So I think, um, you know, looking to make that, you know, robust portfolio and utilize the tools that, that uh, you know, we have available. I think those are some pairings that, investors can think about uh, implementing and, you know, obviously taking stock of, of further information as it comes down through the fall. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that update. And as, as you say, lots of different ways this can go. So spreading out your bets is certainly something to consider. If you're looking for essential information on BMO ETFs at a glance, check out the monthly momentum report, What's Trending? Consistent, comprehensive updates that feature performance numbers for all of BMO's ETFs, as well as easy-to-read charts and breakdowns by asset class and sector. Staying up to date has never been simpler. Access what's trending anytime at bmoetfs.ca. Let's follow up with fixed income, and let's use our aggregate bond ETFs at AG. We've seen a rebound of about 6% since the low on around June 14th. And, you know, ZAG is still down 10% on the year. So as you take that in context, how much more do you see in this rally on the fixed income side? Thanks. Thank you, Dick, Mark. And, you know, I think fixed income investors are, are really starting to see the, the a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, as you mentioned, since the lower of, on uh, June 14th, you know, we've seen bonds rally. You know, a lot of investors are trying to time that bottom and say, okay, you know, have we hit hit the bottom? I think looking forward, if you look at the market's expectation, the expectation of rising rates has started to get some reprieve. I think the market is starting to price in a little bit of a slowdown there. Bank of Canada being kind of forced to reverse course in kind of Q2 2023. Right now, the market's pricing in kind of anywhere between March and June where the Bank of Canada would start to have to cut 
cut rates and, and stop this hiking hiking cycle uh, because of you know, potential economic slowdown. So that's what we're seeing in the market right now. That's why we're seeing uh, fixed income and bonds specifically, and, and you, you mentioned, Zag, in the question, uh, start to uh, perform well because we, we saw such negative sentiment priced into the market already that this um, kind of turn of events or this reversal, of course, by the Bank of Canada would be a positive for longer-term bonds. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, the overnight rate, it looks right now the market's expecting it to peak around uh, 3.77%. So, you know, after uh, September's meeting, you know, we, we are getting kind of on the verge of where we think that, that where the market is expecting that peak. So that, that's why we're really starting to see uh, bonds rally. Uh, we have seen, you know, looking just at ETF flows, we have seen investors actively looking to add duration to portfolios kind of identifying that period where they're trying to to mark the bottom and saying, okay, I think we're, we're you know, going forward, we're going to uh, underperform, I guess, the, the hiking cycle and that the Bank of Canada will, will be able to hike less than what we've, we've currently priced in. So we have seen interest, increased demand in ZAG, ZFL, ZLC in the last couple of weeks. And you can see that by the inflows of those uh, ETFs. The thought being that rate expectations have peaked at this point. You know, yesterday, uh, looking at the CPI uh, number, we did see inflation fall month over month. You know, I do think that we should be a little bit, I think a lot of, uh, you know, the, the positive side would be like, okay, you know, interest rate hikes have uh, done the job. We, we are starting to see inflation cool. You know, I think a lot of that print was uh, energy related, that, you know, price increases uh, basically across uh, the rest of the basket. So, you know, I think inflation is still a concern. I think the Bank of Canada is, it, it basically came out with a, I think an op-ed piece last night and said, you know, we're not out of the water yet just because of a single print, but it, it is good to start to see that trend as as uh, Chris uh, had mentioned that, you know, September, we're, we're looking at a little bit of, of cooling and hopefully that, that this uh, hiking cycle is going to continue to work to cool inflation over the longer uh, longer term, uh, you know, if you look into September, the Bank of Canada it still has a, the market's pricing in about a 75% chance of an additional 75 basis point hike. So we still are in an environment of rising rates. So although expectations I think are starting to wane and come back, we still are in an environment of rising rates. I think post-September, it'll be very interesting to see if the Bank of Canada continues on with 50 basis points or if they start to really pull back at about 25 basis points. I think that will create some volatility into the fall. So that's where I, I look at some of the longer duration bets. And you know, I, I do expect that we are going to get uh, rate volatility into the fall, which could lead to some negative performance from duration uh, or, or, or longer duration assets. So, you know, while some investors are looking to add duration, kind of call that bottom, I still do see concerns. I do see volatility on the horizon. Uh, so that is something that I would, I would definitely remain cautious with. That being said, I do think we are nearing the end of that of, of the cycle, which is, which is a good thing. So I think much of fixed income has, has been hit very, very hard this year. And, and I do think that we've probably seen most of the pain in fixed income. I think they'll, they'll be a little bit ahead um, to see you know, how inflation pans out kind of over the next three, six, nine months. 
And then also uh, with, with a little bit of uncertainty with how quickly the Bank of Canada will continue to raise rates for the rest of 2022. Um, I, I would just be a little bit cautious about putting kind of a full long duration bet. But that being said, that's why I do think DAG is quite constructive in the current environment. It gives you that pure beta full market exposure. So you're getting some long duration, but you're also getting some reprieve on the shorter duration exposure, as well as getting exposure to about 30% corporate weight, which should help you in the, in the rising rate environment. And we do continue to see spreads wider than, than uh, we have historically. So there could be some opportunity there from a um, corporate perspective. So I think Zag is very well uh, situated. It's very constructive at this point, and that's something that I would be uh, looking to either add to my portfolio or maintain my weight. But then I'd also continue to look at some shorter duration credit options uh, within my portfolio just to maybe navigate some of that short-term pressure or volatility that we may see uh, as the bank of Canada tries to find, continue to find its footing into the fall and really take a stranglehold of, of some of these inflation fears. So, you know, I think Zag is well positioned, and I, but I would continue to look uh, short duration. But I think one of the positives for those that are looking at potentially some longer uh, duration products, I think we are getting close to that point where, uh, you know, investors will, will strongly look to, to add duration to portfolios, uh, kind of signaling a maybe a peak in, in kind of the, the hiking cycle. Appreciate that update. Once again, just like the equity side of the book, lots to think about, lots of different ways this can go. So certainly being opportunistic and paying attention to quick changes in markets is, is advantageous right now. Now, if we take this in another direction, uh, advisors have asked about our balanced ETF, uh, primarily as positions to help with smaller accounts uh, and rebalancing. Using ZGrow, our growth ETF, can you comment on how the rebalancing processing works, particularly as we see uh, higher volatility and, of course, moving weights heading into the quarter end? How do these ETFs maintain their strategic weights? And as well, to follow up, how have they performed? I can take this one as well, uh, Mark. And, you know, our, I think our balanced ETF solutions are, are an excellent tools for smaller accounts and those who want kind of that one-stop shop solution, you know, where that, you know, oversight and rebalancing are monitored for you. It kind of takes uh, some of the stress out, out of uh, rebalancing the portfolio when, when everything's done within a single, single vehicle. You know, uh, we offer a full suite of asset allocation solutions, you know, and the question is that grow, uh, that GRO is our growth model with uh, a strategic asset allocation of 80-20, so it's 80% equities, 20% fixed income, so still providing you, you know, upside participation, but also with some downside protection from that fixed income allocation within the balanced uh, portfolio. Uh, you know, I think one of the other benefits of, of, of ZGrow is that it provides both local and global exposure. Uh, and again, it's a single ticket. So you're getting, you're getting access to uh, several different geographic areas. You're getting different asset allocation from an equity to fixed income perspective. Uh, and, and I think it, it's, it's a very unique solution given that it's a, it's a one ticket solution. So, you know, as you, as you mentioned, a lot of investors want to know, kind of understand how these asset allocation ETFs work, you know, how does rebalancing work. So let me walk you through that process. 
The, the portfolio weights are, are monitored regularly to ensure uh, the weights with, uh, remain within their thresholds. You know, quarterly, we'll do a full rebalance and review if the asset class allocation, so fixed income and equity, has breached the threshold. And generally, that threshold is about 2%. So plus or minus 2% from that 80-20, we will rebalance back from an asset class perspective. And, that, and that's done formally every quarter. But as you mentioned, we are going through a period of volatility. So we do continually monitor these weights. And then during periods of volatility, we can make intra-period rebalances. And the reason why we allow ourselves to make these intra-period rebalances is to ensure that the product maintains the intended risk profile without the investor having to really monitor this themselves. So, you know, intra-period, although generally we, we look quarterly to rebound back to our 80-20 weight, we do regular monitoring to make sure that that risk return profile is what an investor expects. And, and that's something that, that we can do intra-period or as frequently as we need, depending on how uh, volatile the, the, the market is. So, you know, that, that is, uh, gives you that regular monitoring and oversight of, of a balanced portfolio. Uh, and especially during a market where we expect volatility, I think it, it, it's, uh, the process is very well positioned to ensure that kind of you, you are getting that risk return profile, that 80-20 profile that, uh, that, you're, that you're looking for. I think this product really does take the ongoing monitoring out of the equation and is an excellent solution for uh, you know, investors looking for that one ticket solution. And you know, if you look at the return profile on, on a one-year basis, uh, you know, it, does, it does provide uh, much of the upside protection that you'd see in, in uh, the equity markets, uh, but also providing that downside protection that you get from bonds in, in a very challenging fixed income market. So, you know, I think uh, looking forward, I think it's well positioned for, for a period of volatility ahead, just given that you have that a little bit of downside protection. Uh, and as well, it doesn't just put your all your eggs in one basket from a uh, geographic perspective. You're getting exposure to, to uh, global equities. You're getting exposure to uh, Canada and U.S. equity and fixed income, which I think is unique from a one-ticket solution. So definitely said grow is something to, to – uh, be on your radar and uh, uh, kind of, you know, that ongoing monitoring is something that I think investors don't have to worry about for some of those smaller accounts. Great. Thanks for that update, Matt. Certainly a convenience tool for advisors uh, and, and gaining some acceptance out there in the community. Amid rising interest rates and market volatility, Consider BMO's top three ETFs yielding over 5%. The BMO Canadian High Dividend Covered Call ETF, ticker ZWC, features solid historical dividend growth. The BMO Covered Call Canadian Bank's ETF, ticker ZWB, invests solely in Canadian financials, presenting an attractive valuation opportunity. Or the BMO Covered Call Utilities ETF, ticker ZWU, provides exposure to an equal weight portfolio of utilities, telecoms, and pipeline companies. To learn more, visit BMOETFs.ca and search for tickers ZWC, ZWB, and ZWU. As well, we've been asked for an update on ZGD, our gold ETF as markets start to trend higher. 
Is there an opportunity to benefit both from market beta and traditional gold pricing as we think about perhaps inflation and other things uh, with the CTF? Thanks. Uh, thanks, Mark. I think that's a great way to think about ZGD in terms of market beta and gold pricing because you know that's exactly what you get with this uh, with this ETF. It's gold miner, uh, gold mining stocks. Uh, so, yes, there's a component of market beta, and there's certainly a component that's tied to gold prices. As gold prices go higher, um, obviously, that, that that would be bullish for these equities. Um, if you look at where ZGD is at, it's, it's just coming off kind of a 12-month or kind of two-year post-COVID low. Gold bullion's kind of oscillated around $1,800. Um, was was high as over, it was over 2000 for a period of time, kind of nine months ago or so. Uh, settled back down around 1770. Um, you know, I think tactically it's 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 interesting because, like I said, those gold equities are at a low. You know, if you look at some of the things that have you know contributed to that, gold miners, you know, like many other companies, have been um, you know subject to increasing costs, uh, whether it's in laborers or supplies, equipment. Um, so you know, certainly they're not immune to that. And we've seen that some with some recent earnings on on the companies in the portfolio. But again, you know, gold has that nice historical characteristic of, of being known as an inflation hedge. So again, it hasn't quite shown up yet. And I think the key reason that hasn't shown up yet in terms of that gold bullion price is the strength of the USD. That strong US dollar has kept commodity prices a little more cool recently. But the USD is, is, is exceptionally strong. And I think, you know, if we can navigate into a soft landing, uh, or as you say, even just kind of an outright more economic upbeat outlook, you know, USD cannot stay this strong for this long. Um, and I think that will that will be uh, a tailwind for gold prices. So, you know, as a tactical, you know, we remember this is a, this is a higher risk exposure. You know, gold equities carry higher volatility. But, you know, I think it's at an interesting level right now that, a, you know, a, um, an investor who can, um, you know, have, have a risk profile that, that accompanies it or can accommodate it. Um, I think they're at they're an interesting level, and I'd probably, you know, I would think the the risk is to the upside versus the downside. So I think you know more likely to see some price appreciation as it corrects back higher on a long term trajectory. So I think it's interesting, and um, you know certainly you know the cooling inflation will help them on their you know cost side of the equation, and you know gold is probably due for you know another breakout given it's at the bottom end of the range. So yeah, I do like it as a, a tactical play. Thanks for that, Chris. And we do have one more question that came in, and this concerns low volatility ETFs. What should advisors be considering as they continue to hold on to their positions in ZLB, our Canadian low vol, or ZLU, our US low vol? Or as well, if they're looking to lock in relative outperformance compared to broad markets, uh, your thoughts on low vol positioning in portfolios right now? Thanks. Well, thanks, Mark. And, and, and you know me, I'm quite a quite a fan of low volatility, and we see over market cycles the value it can add. When we were talking off the top, you know, with that first kind of question, I think it's prudent to have some balanced exposures. And you know, on the defensive side of the ledger, you know, low vol fits fits a great, uh, you know, can be a great part of that bucket. Uh, like I said, I, I wouldn't ignore growth exposures either. And you know, we're going to be posting. Take an idea on our dashboard with uh, ZLU and ZLQ. We posted it before. We're going to do an update 
but it's just a great example of how growth and mobile can be very complementary. Um, and it's not just adding a defensive and a growth gets you back to the index. No, you know, the sum is greater than the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So uh, look for that on our dashboard shortly. But, um, you know, I, I would continue to hold some portion of mobile utility in the portfolio. I just think it's prudent given the defensive, you know, the, the potential risks in the market year to date having a great, you know, exceptional return. You're seeing low ball in Canada, it's up 2% versus the index is down three. So 5% outperformance there. In the U.S., we know low volatility is very differentiated versus the index. It's up 5% this year, whereas ZSP is down eight. Now, in the last month, we've seen that, as you mentioned, it's, it's reverted and growth has taken a more of a forward seat. But again, uh, low volatility is very complementary to broad index exposures. In Canada, you have energy. Uh, ZLB, our low vol, has no energy. And in ZSP, you have technology, whether it's in IT or other sectors, like as we know, Facebook, Google are in communication services, Amazon's in uh, consumer discretionary. So ZSP is about 40% tech when you add up all those. You know, in my opinion, it's closer to 40% tech than, than the IT weighting of high 20s. Uh, ZLU is very complementary to that, underweight those sectors. So uh, long story short, I'd say continue to um, look at having a portion of your equities in, in low volatilities. I think it makes sense and, and uh, you know, give you that ability to navigate uh, volatility in the fall. And if we're wrong and growth just takes off, you know, they're still designed to participate and give you some solid equity return at a lower risk profile. So I think it makes sense to, uh, you know, continue to hold some. and. Um, I think personally that we're going to see some, you know, some more oscillations in the fall. And again, low volatility can give you that ability to, you know, ride out some of those storms in the market and keep you preserve some capital and set up uh, for future success. So I'd love to continue to hold and evaluate what are the defensive factors in the portfolio that can uh, give you some of those benefits. Thanks for that update, Chris. Now that's all the questions we had that came in for today. So I'd like to thank everyone for listening in. Once again, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. And of course, thanks as well to both Matt and Chris, uh, some really insightful responses. Certainly a lot to think about in markets these days. So we appreciate uh, you taking us through a tour of the things to consider. So thanks for all of that. With that, I'd like to just wish everyone a great day, and thank you once again for joining us. Thank you to Mark Rays, Chris Heeks, and Matt Montemuro for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. Today we heard about the BMO Aggregate Bond Index ETF, ticker ZAG, which provides pure beta full market exposure and invests in Canadian federal, provincial, and corporate bonds. Our experts also discussed the BMO Growth ETF, ticker ZGRO, also referred to as ZGROW, which has local and global exposure and a strategic asset allocation of 80% equities, 20% fixed income for upside participation and some downside protection. For more information about the other ETFs discussed in this podcast, check out the episode notes, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist, or visit the new and improved Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio managers represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice to any party. 
Investments should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives, and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statement that necessarily depends on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Commissions, management fees, and expenses, if any, all may be associated with investments in exchange-traded funds. Please read the ETF facts or prospectus before investing. Exchange-traded funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.